Hi, this is Bob Papa, voice of the New York football giants, and this is the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast. Welcome back, Giants fans, to the 150th edition of the Big Blue UK and Ireland podcast in association, as always, with Andy's Man Club. Lads, remember, it is okay to talk. As you can see from the screen this episode, we are 66% British, 33% Irish, but as always, still 100% Giants. Dan is unavailable this week. However, I am happy to report that I get the pleasure of hosting the kickoff of our draft content, and I'm joined by our two resident experts in Shane and Kev. How are we doing, boys? It's draft season, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I'm all, all good. Uh, look, look forward to getting into into this now. Obviously, it's going to be the bulk of our content, really, kind of over the next sort of month, month and a half. Um, you know, me and Kev will be. Um, you know, giving a little bit of insight into some prospects that we we like in particular. We do mock drafts, etc. So you know, it's going to be a really exciting time over the next sort of what is it two months to the the draft, I think. Um, and you know, but whilst we're uh, whilst we're doing all this, if we're talking about prospects and you've got an opinion on a prospect, feel free to to post it and we'll we'll get it up on screen. And likewise, mate, if there's a prospect we've not spoke about that you you've been watching and you like, stick it in. And me and Kev, we might not know anything about them. We might have an opinion on it that we can share. Yeah, very much so. Just to echo that, um, you know, like I said uh, in the previous podcast, you know, last season's done and dusted now. We move on. We're going to have free agency coming up um, and a lot of draft talk and draft buzz. Uh, and I'm looking forward to kicking off our uh, our top fives now this evening. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's probably one of my favourite times of the year because uh, it's where I learn pretty much everything I need to know. Um all my mock drafts before this have been based on throwing darts at a dartboard that doesn't really exist. So after this, I should have a little bit more insight into, you know, some of the, maybe not all the way down to your round sevens, but definitely down to maybe some round three and around that area. Now, before we begin, just if you're watching live, just on uh, YouTube, Facebook or Twitter, make sure you get involved in the comments, as Shane did say. Uh, we'd love to hear any of your opinions on our top fives. And obviously give it a thumbs up and subscribe on YouTube if you can. Now, before we get into the first draft prospects of the season, uh, there's been plenty of talk around salary cap and rumours and all that kind of malarkey. So let's kind of get that out of the way first. Kev, salary numbers for 2024 have been released. What is the situation? Yeah, it's um it's quite good actually. Like last Friday, the NFL announced the 2024 salary cap would be 255.4 million per club. That's a shocking uh, 30 million increase on the previous year. And the NFL reported uh, that the increase was a result of the full repayment of all amounts in advance by the clubs and deferred by the players during the COVID pandemic, as well as the extraordinary increase in the media revenue for 2024. Uh, the Giants will now have around 30.8 million cap space when the new league starts. Um, that's a, according to Over the Cap, which I highly recommend. It's sort of my go-to one that I'll always go to. And other, we'll look at Spotrack as well. But Over the Cap is is, is the, definitely the one I go to myself. Um, and off the back of the discussion about the cap, 
is a good time to announce that there will be a bonus episode this Friday, inspired by the He's a Giant pods, uh, Fix the Giants. Both Craig and I will be here to manage the whole cap through cuts, free agency, and also we'll do a little draft as well to sort of round out the round out the whole uh, off season for you. Just give me a little glimpse of of what is needed to get this uh, um, roster back on track. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it, you know I, I won't take any credit for it. It was kind of a Kev idea, and and then um, as I went back, I realised that the uh, he's a giant guys had done something similar. Uh, I watched theirs; absolutely phenomenal. Watch it if you haven't already. Really, really good idea. Um, but it's yeah. Let's give a UK and Ireland spin on it. Let's try and see what we can do. I don't think I've ever spent more time trying to understand the cap like I have done over the weekend, um, and it's it's definitely interesting. But yeah, that would be some that would be an extra little treat this week on Friday. So don't miss that. We'll be live now. Rumour time. Shane, you've got the first couple for us from NFL.com. Uh, who's proposing moves? You're, you're on mute, Shane. Testing you I was testing him there, that's all. That's why he's on mute, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, this past week, there's been a couple of trades that have been discussed by NFL.com staff. Um First one, uh, when asked on a spring conference call last Thursday, Daniel Jeremiah, who, you know, I know me and Kev have quite high in uh, his opinion, and I'm sure, Craig, you you obviously know his name. And every, everyone who knows NFL and, and, and draft content knows that Daniel Jeremiah is, you know, one of the one of the key guys, you know, you listen to what he's got to say, etc. Um, and he had the following in regards to anyone that may want to trade up with the Patriots. Obviously, the Patriots are the number three overall pick, we are the number six. Um so he said, so the Giants to get up to the third pick, you're talking about the six overall pick this year. So an exchange of first round picks this year. You're talking about your second round pick, which is number 39 this year. Your other second round pick this year, which obviously we've got from Seattle, which is number 47. And then next year's second as well. So it'd be moving up to three for number six, number 39 and 47, along with a second next year. Um, then I'm going to butcher this name. Ali... Bampuri, Bampuri, I think. Um, yep. In four trades to get up to the first overall pick, obviously held by the Chicago Bears from the Carolina Panthers. One of those trades was for the Giants to send a first rounder in 2024, 2025, 2026, plus, I'm not finished yet, <laughs> and I'm still not finished, 70 overall in this year's draft to the Bears. So that's three first rounders, including this year's your sec first second round of this year, and then pick seventy, which I'm guessing is our third round pick. Um, yeah. If you compare this onto the um, the point system that goes around, if anyone doesn't know what I'm on about, if you just search NFL draft uh, draft chart, it tells you the the, the value for each pick. Um, the Giants would pay a twenty eight percent premium based on this point system to move up five spots. But obviously, is that number one overall pick? You get your choice of whatever player you want, whether it's a quarterback, which you'd imagine it would be, or maybe you do, and you have Marvin Harrison that high. Um, so, simple question to you both, and Kev, I'll come to you first. Are you making either deal? And for the trade to three, does it depend on? Who is available, Williams, May, or Daniels? Um, for me personally, probably not. So I, I take any three of those um, quarterbacks. But for the Giants, it definitely would. I mean, you'd have to fall in love with 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 one or two of them. Um, 
and and you you you're going to be giving up <clears throat> a lot to move up to to three. I mean, those two second rounders this year, uh, I think, are valuable, and and they could go a long way to really really helping bolster this roster. Um, you have to, it has to be someone you love. I mean, like we think that these three quarterbacks could be um, could be good players in this league, but past um, trades moving up to get players uh, like this, you know, Trey Lance comes to mind. You know I mean, moving up for Trubisky, uh, a lot of other names that you know I could rifle off that these type of trades just have never really worked. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm big believer in draft picks or dart throws. Now give me as many darts to try and, you know, hit on players. Um, and I wouldn't be overly keen to give that much away to either move to one or three. What about you, Craig? Yeah, I mean, the Ali Banpuri one is about as rich as it comes, really, isn't it? Like, I wouldn't mind, but three first-rounders, like, you, you are selling the farm. So unless, unless Caleb, you can guarantee that Caleb Williams is going to take this franchise from where it is and where it has been to that upper echelon of kind of Cincinnati to a degree, Jacksonville, the Bills, that kind of level. Because bear in mind, just you could get these quarterbacks. You've still got to go up against Mahomes. And you've still got to go up against um Purdy at some point. You know, that you've got to go up against these big these big sides. So I do wonder whether it's, you know, that that's way, way too too rich. Um the second one, I have got to agree with Kev. Like the the two second rounders are so valuable and chances are it's going to be Daniels there. You know, we've, we were talking before the podcast, like we've been doing mock drafts and mock drafts and mock drafts, just trying to get our head around Friday. I did 20 mock drafts over the weekend and Jane Daniels was available at six every time. And hell, I even did a trade back where I just kept trading back to see where the hell he would go. And he ended up going in the second round. So I don't think anybody really knows how it's going to shake out yet. And until after the combo, we probably won't get a clear view. Now, I'm pretty sure that the trade up normally happens around March 9th, I think um, Jordan Radam was saying, it's a, or might have been Dan Duggan was saying, like June, March 9th is like the earliest that a trade up has happened. So, this, you know, we're still technically a couple of weeks out from that. So a lot could change. It all depends on the combine, doesn't it? If somebody really shines at the combine and Joe Shane goes, I need that player. You have to trust the man, but it is all still a bit rich for me. Yeah, I think I, I think the, the roster as well. We have so many holes that um, mm. you, it's not a case of just dropping in a top level quarterback and then this will be a winning franchise. You know, mm. I, I think we need to uh, to try and bolster the team first, and uh, you know, you never know. Someone like Jane Daniels might just fall to number six. You know, and then and then the discussion mm. is: Do you take him or do you take a weapon for Daniel Jones? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, obviously, what you say about the, com the combine is going to be key. It's not just about if someone really shines there, but that's the time when GMs are chatting. They just mm. they get together, jokingly, oh, you're trading number three then? Oh, yeah, what, what would it take? All of a sudden, the train's got its wheels in motion. But I think I, I agree with what Kev says in regards to number... I mean, moving up to number three, I'd be tempted. But at the same time, I'm also mindful that this roster's not one quarterback away. Now, with regards to moving up to number one, if you feel he's your guy, mm. go and do it. 
but and there's a but and there's a massive but and there's always a but everyone always says things oh yeah do this but and the but is if you fuck that up this <laughs> franchise is ruined for the next three years joe shane's gone as gm when you throw in the the the, the um, daniel jones contract along with moving up to number one giving away three first rounders you, you literally you, you are you're kind of throwing the future of the franchise away, essentially, because you're not going to get them first rounders back. This ain't this ain't draft day where you're going to make a move up and then you're going to trade back and you're going to get all your <laughs> your picks back and have some pancakes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, um, so if you truly, truly believe that you can get to number one, <clears throat> excuse me, and the players worth it, I understand why you do it. But it, it, it's so, so, so risky. Not just for the franchise, but for Joe. Like Joe Shane could easily be done as a GM if he if he does that and gets it wrong. Well, he won't mm. be around to make the picks. He doesn't have the picks. It'll be someone else's problem. It, that's mm. right. It's someone else's problem. But Joe Shane could be done as a GM. He might yeah. never get another GM gig. So it, it, it's so risky, not just for the franchise, but for, for, for Joe Shane himself. So what you're saying, Shane, is that your top five for next week quarterbacks doesn't include Bo Callahan, eh? but i think as a franchise as well you know uh, to use a baseball uh, analogy you know we need to hit doubles not sort of home runs we need to just get ourselves you know competitive in 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 other um, areas of of the roster and i just think like to to mortgage your future like shane said he has like whatever quarterback it is and when we've seen it's not guaranteed but like even when when the Colts got uh, Andrew Luck or the Jags got uh, Trevor Lawrence, they like who were better who were better players than Williams in my opinion when they came out. Um, they, you know they they haven't made that many playoff uh, appearances like you know w- with those people at quarterback. So yeah. I'm just like I said, you know I'm just I'm, I'm a bit worried about mortgage, mortgaging the future um, for, for for one quarterback. And that, that that's teams that you mentioned as well that had the number one overall pick. They didn't have to give anything away, and then players still didn't really pan out. Yeah. I mean, it, it seems that, you know, most of the comments Steve said, neither of them were worth it. Keith, I'd stay at six. Holty, I'm not giving up three firsts for anyone. Uh, Jamie, stay at six. Don't be stupid. You know, a lot of people are kind of content with us staying at six and, and just playing the, the board. And obviously, you're still going to have somebody, you know, somebody could fall, but you're still going to have a Roma Dunday, uh, you know, um, what's Joel. the other, well, what's the other uh, wide receiver? Malik Second Neighbours. Man. Malik Neighbours, you know, either one of those are potential, well, either one of those should still be there. And if they're not there, either you do get a Joel who's fallen or you get a Marvin Harrison who's fallen and you definitely snap, you know, snap that up as quickly. You've sprint, sprint yourself down to the podium to pan that one in. So um, I mean, there's it, plenty it's... to go. If the three quarterbacks do go like you know one two three or or between one and five, and then you've got Harrison and say me neighbors or Adunze, you're going to get one of those players and 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 neighbors or Adunze or Harrison will come in and be your number one weapon straight away. They they mm. come in and be difference makers on this team. Um, so I'm a big believer in like yeah, just let the board play out sometimes. Let players come to you, um, mm-hmm. and start moving around on day two. <laughs> So while we're kind of in trade fantasy land, we might as well stay there. Um, 
Former New York Jets general manager and current ESPN NFL analyst Mike Tannenbaum has suggested two trades that the Giants could do to replace Daniel Jones now. I'm pretty sure Steve Wilkins um, mentioned this in the comments last week, but we've kind of saved it for this week. Now, firstly, there was the trade that would send Jones to Cleveland in exchange for Deshaun Watson and a second round pick. Um, Thoughts on that one? Kev? Yeah, I mean... um... Well, the, the the Browns would love to get out of this Deshaun Watson contract because it's a fully guaranteed contract that aren't handed out in the NFL. And they would want to shift a second-round pick because obviously they can get out Daniel Jones' contract next year the same way we can. Um, so it makes zero sense, really. I mean, like Deshaun Watson is not the player he was when he was a, a Texan um, mm. for Cleveland. I mean, again, and you're you're locked into that contract then. It's fully guaranteed. You mean you're locked into it for the duration I mean, I just, it's just amazing. I can't, I can't even believe you came up with this, to be honest. Shane, you want a uh, masseuse connoisseur to, to show what's You're wrong. Absolutely not. Um, I'll be honest with you, I've, you know, I've, I've been at the loop. Um, I've not heard these trade rumours. Well, not trade rumours, these scenarios. Um, so this is the first time I've heard of it. And like, absolutely no thank you. You can... <laughs> Yeah, you can keep that. I don't even know why. Why would you go, of all the trades you could come up with? You could I'd rather like trade for Russell Wilson or something like you, you know what I mean? Like, at least, like, is it a clean record. Part, part of me kind of gets it a little bit in the sense that, right, the Giants would get a starting caliber quarterback, you know, maybe a change mm-hmm. of scenery is what Watson needs to rejuvenate his career. The Giants yeah, would also I mean, get a second round pick in New York. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, and the Giants <laughs> would get a second round pick out of it as well. So, I mean, do you. The theory is you bring in a, a healthy Watson who might play better in the New York area, and then you've given him the sixth overall pick and three second rounders then to build sort of a, a an offense around him. I I kind of get it, but it's just way way off in my opinion. So before I go on to the next one, because the next one is is more pick exchanges. There is a there is a player, um, but Holsey said he'd rather trade for Fields, and Jamie agrees. Um, and then Jamie's also said Wilson a free agent soon. Now it does sound like Russell Wilson would potentially accept a minimum contract, seeing as the Broncos are going to have to pay the majority of the rest of it. So, do either of those kind of tickle tickle the fancy? Shane, I'll start with you. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I'd like the both are upgrade over what we've got. Let's be honest. Um, I'm. I'm, I'm <laughs> Anyone who knows me knows I don't like Ohio, Ohio State quarterbacks. That, that they're on the list. Ohio State quarterbacks stay away. <laughs> but Justin Fields has impressed me at times, and I feel like he's had a really harsh hand in Chicago. And if Chicago are going to go ahead and draft Caleb Williams, you can get Justin Fields for a second one, one of them second round picks, and then you're going to draft the neighbors and a Dunsey at number six. I mean, you've upgraded it there straight away. Um, in regards to Russell Wilson. He's passed it, but if he's going to take a stupid, cheap contract, then why not? So, like, but both I'd be open to, but like, you know, Fields, it's got to be the right draft. It's got to be the right trade in drafts terms, and Wilson, we'll just got to be the right contract. Yeah, I mean, they're both very, very interesting ones, and and I kind of flip flop back and forward with sort of like agreeing with them and then being dead set against them. I mean, the, the Russell Wilson one is interesting because if he came in for like literally next to nothing. It's a massive, massive uh, upgrade at 
backup quarterback. I mean, but it's just such a weird one. As in, like you are saying that you're done with Daniel Jones. Then, if you're bringing him in, you're bringing whoever brings Russell Wilson in will literally be bringing them in to um to start and and do a year or two. Um, and is it that much of an upgrade over Daniel Jones? Really, like considering the way he way he, his plays declined recently. The Fields one now, <laughs> the Fields one now <laughs> is really interesting because I actually I, I I like Justin Fields. I think there's something about him. I think he'll never develop into a pure pocket passer, but just being able to 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 run the ball away, can scramble, and he can make some decent throws on the run. But the, the the real problem is is the contract. I mean, he's got one year left on his rookie deal, and if you did trade for him pre-draft, you need to decide about the fifth year option. And we kind of got burned not picking up the fifth year option for Daniel Jones, but the fifth year option is going to be like nearly thirty million dollars for for Justin Fields, and you're going to make that decision straight away, um, or let him play out this season and have a quarterback competition with Daniel Jones. I think it's a little bit too messy. I think, and and, and maybe they want to bring in um, a Roma Dunze and the players there and, and develop with Daniel Jones this year. Chopping and changing between quarterbacks to see who's going to be the future is it sort of like if there was another if there was another year on the deal if there was an if you if you got two years of his rookie contract to really have a good look at him then I'd actually be very very much more very much for it but um yeah I just think it's just a bit murky and muddy the waters a bit too much um to bring him in now I just like the idea of Dable and Shaitini and getting their hands on Justin Fields yeah. When you see what they've done with, with with Josh Allen and kind of what they did with Daniel at times last That's year, a good shot. I think you know if you can get Dable and, and Tierney in in that QB room with Justin Fields, I, I don't know what the uh, the QB coach is like in in Chicago, but you know our coach has got previous in regards to upping the play of a quarterback. Hmm. Right. So the other one, the Giants trade for the Bears first overall. So we're moving up five spots. It costs first round picks this year and next, a second rounder this year and next, which I'm going to assume is the first of the two, and Thibodeau. <laughs> Kev, I'll go with you first. Thoughts on the cost and the thought of trading away Kayvon? Um, no, I, yeah, I just essentially you're trading away Kayvon Thibodeau, who's still in his rookie contract. He's only Two years into it, um, he was what a top ten pick only a couple of years ago, and you're giving up two first rounders, two second rounders, and Thibodeau. Yeah, I think that's that is definitely a bit too rich for me, to be honest. Shane, oh, I don't think I've got enough time to decide. Like I'm proper on the spot here. This is like I feel like I'm even a millionaire, and there's a thirty second countdown, and I'm like, shit. Can I have a fifty fifty? Can I find a friend? What can I do? I'm, I'm to do yeah. Um, the only friends that are worth phoning are both here. Or Dan is at work. I'm a bit screwed there. Um, I, I can't, I'd, I'd get the trade if that happened. Is it a bit rich for me? It is a bit because essentially it's going to be three firsts and two seconds. The reason why I'm tempted by it is because, again, if you're moving up to one, you're saying there's a QB that we believe in. There's a QB mm. that's going to take this franchise forward. Pass rushes aren't going to take this franchise forward. And I know we've got limited pass rushes, and I understand it. And Thibodeau had a great year this year. He had was it 10 and a half, 11 sacks or something like that. Mm. Excuse me. So, that's a, that's a hard one, man. I think that's harder than people think. 
I can understand why they'd do it as I say. Would you would you do it if it was only if it was no seconds? Six yeah. overall, first round next year, and came on Thibodeau. Yeah, I'd do that straight up. Or I'd probably tend to, I'd, I'd do it to our second second round pick this year. I just think that who's who's going to take this franchise forward for the next ten years? Kayvon Thibodeau, mm-hmm. Caleb Williams, yeah, no, or, Steve or, or whatever quarterback they have at number one. It might not be Caleb. Yeah, very true. Um, Steve said he'll do the phone a friend, and the answer is not a cat's cats in hell's <laughs> chance. Friend, it says. <laughs> <laughs> Jog on for Kayvon is uh, Jamie's answer, and there was a, a lot of no ways and no thanks in there as well. So, I'll be in this that... camp on the old. <laughs> all over again, I tell you. <laughs> Slowly, people will come on board, Shane. Don't worry. Oh, that is with a sank. You know what I mean. Eventually, everyone gets on board. So that that's the end of the giant news and rumours section. So let's crack on with the main event. We're all done, you know, with with the rumours. We're we're on to the prospects. Now, with the first few players already arriving at the Combine as we speak and the on-field drill starting Thursday with the defensive linemen and linebackers, it is time to kick off the draft content with our first look at Kev and Shane's top fives this season. So before we look at the tight ends, I have a secret surprise question for you both. Obviously, you both enjoy digging into tape and finding your prospects. So just give the listeners a little taste as to what goes into getting to these top fives. Uh, Kev, go on. Yeah, You're so, unmuted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, obviously, I like, you start with some sort of list, you know what I mean? So I usually go to uh, somewhere like uh, Mock Draft Database, and they kind of accumulate all people's rankings, like um, like people in the business, like from all different websites, and they come up with like a, a list then run uh, uh, like a census um and i kind of just start there and work my way through like people who hear buzz draft buzz about and stuff um and i usually have to wait until uh people declare because obviously a lot of the juniors can go back to the senior year and stuff so that's usually um a hard one to kind of do um but when i look at the players so i'll pick a player um and then I'll start getting the, some film on them. And the easy, so the best ones I've kind of seen for that are um, you can pick like, I know, for for example, like Georgia's offense. And uh, on YouTube are quite, quite good as in like you can get like near enough all Georgia's offense against like whoever they played this year. So you can see like every single snap on offense. So it's not like snap an offense, snap a defense. Like it's only the offense. And then you can obviously pick out. Brock Byers, for example, you know, as a, as, a, as a tight end that you might want to have a good look at. You kind of give yourself an idea of what the player is about. You know, you'll read, you'll read articles and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, respected people's opinions that you might read up on. But then yeah, it's just about, like, watching the film then. Uh, and, and like I said, um, those clips on, uh, not so much clips on YouTube, but you've seen every single snap. So you're not seeing just highlights because, you know, anyone can, as Shane says in the past, anyone can look good on a highlight film. Um, you really want to kind of try and watch as many like snaps as possible. But even when the ball's not going to them, uh, but I want to see how they're like blocking. I want to see like what they do. They run their routes, for example, um, when they know the ball's not coming to them, or are they lazy? Do you mean so you're kind of watching every single snap, and it's just um, 
and they're not long. I mean, you get the clips, uh, clips for like 10, 15 minutes, uh, which, which is all the offensive snaps and stuff. Um, mm. And again, for the defense, you pick a defensive player or team, and then you search out, uh, you know, George's defensive snaps against, and then pick out like whatever games you want to uh, go back and watch. And yeah, it's more about like trying to get a feel for the player, but then actually like watching as much sort of film. We don't really get, um, we don't really get a um, all twenty-two for college, so we can't really watch it properly. Because that's the only way to do it is watch all all, all twenty-two film is, is the only way to really really get a to get a feel. But uh, that's kind of like the, the the process I've been using. And Shane, what about you, mate? Yeah, so it's a little bit of a long-winded process. Um, obviously, I mean, over over a weekend, there's 16 NFL games in terms of college, four or five times as many. So it's hard to watch every single game. Um, but what I'll do is I'll usually, I'll, I'll start during the college season. I'll be watching a game and I'll just make a note of the player whose name I keep hearing or keeps making plays. So then when I come to reviewing who's declared for the draft this year, I can be like, oh, I had, I had him down. So, for instance, Ohio State, um, Penn State, uh, a couple of months ago, um, JT, J, JT, to me, to me, I think his name's pronounced. So, I ain't, I ain't now the pronunciations of some players yet. But he gave um, Olu Pashanu a terrible time. So, straight away, I was like, okay, I know Olu is a top five talent. He would have been number one offensive tackle last year had he declared but he went back to college. So if he's giving him a, a, a bit of a torrid time, I need to make a note of this name. And then when I come to review players in the in the off season, I've got I've already got I've already got a starting base, so to speak. I'm not just looking at people's rankings. I'm, I'm going based on my own opinions and and players that have stood out and there's several players like that. So then what it comes down to after that is working out who's declared who's gone back. So I had quite a few college players that I made notes of who have returned for the 2024 season. Um, and then from there, it's a case of making the most of the tools available. Like Kev says, we don't have all 22. All 22, you can get it, but I don't know who you have to kill to get it because it's so locked down. Like, I feel like I could probably walk into MI5 or MI6 and get the, the plans to, to destroy the earth a lot easier than I can get in college all 22. It's so hard to get your hands on. Um, but then for what it comes down to me, so it, it, it's watching, so I want to watch Marvin Harrison's tape. Okay, I'm watching Marvin Harrison. But from there, I can watch Olu Fashanu, I can watch Kalen King, I can watch um, Chop Robinson. You know, there's, it's, it's about watching tape of one particular player, but sort of taking a step back and saying, okay, who else is on this field that I can watch at the same time? So then all of a sudden, you're not watching one player, you're watching four or five players. you Watch the play develop, go back, watch another player, watch the same play again, looking at another player. So it's just picking out everyone who's in who's on the field at that point. And it can be a little bit tedious at times, knowing who's wearing what numbers. So for instance, like Penn State, they don't have players' names on the back of their jersey, so it makes it a little bit more difficult. Whereas, like, you know, other teams do have the names on the back of the jerseys. And then it's about, okay, who's getting a little bit of draft buzz that I may have overlooked for instance so you know then then i will start looking at bucky brooks's top five dane brugler's top 100 listen to um jordan reed uh mel mel kuiper jr listen to what they're saying usually they mention names that you've already got written down but there is times when there will be a name that will come in that i'll be like oh, i ain't I ain't looked at him. Let me watch the tape on him. And you watch the tape and you're like, okay, now I can see why they're doing it. So like I say, for me, it starts in the college season itself, 
making a note of these players, putting it to one side. It's literally all it is. It's a note. I use the notes app in my phone, watch the players, put it there, and then I'll revisit it about sort of January, February time, see if any of them are at the senior bowl, etc. Um, and then from there, it's just putting your top five together after watching the tape, taking into people's considerations and kind of the eye test as well. You, you know, you can have you can have as many rankings as you want. Sometimes you just got to trust your eye. Hmm. Well, there we go. That is pretty definitive. Let's not stall it any longer then. Straight into the top fives. Um, move us down. Let's get them up on the screen. It's a unanimous list here you both absolutely agreed with each other um shane do you want to do the rundown of of what we've got there yeah so i will just um suffice by starting i told the i told the lads this before we went on air um this is the first time i've seen kev's top five he did post it in our group chat but again i i want to be I want to have more top five based on what I've seen on tape and notes I've made. So Kev posts his top five and, and no disrespect to Kev, but I completely ignored it because I don't want to be, I don't want his top five to potentially sway my top five. So the fact that we both happen to have the same top five was amazing. I didn't know if he'd have Ben Sinot in there. Like he's someone who was late on the radar for me. Um, so at five, I've got Theo Johnson out of Penn State. Four is Ben Sinot, Kansas State. Three is Cade Starber out of Ohio State. Two, Jatavian Sanders from Texas. And then num unanimous number one, probably going to be the only first-round tight end that goes. He's Brock Bowers out of Georgia. So that's absolutely unanimous between the two of you. Um, if we kind of do a little bit of flip-flopping between the two of you, if you want to pick out some some names there, um, we've obviously got their stats, etc. So, Kev, I'll start with you. Do you want to have a look at Brock or do you want to have a chat about one of the other ones first? Well, we might as well just start with the big dog, bring up Brock Byers. I mean, he's been outstanding for the last three years um, at Georgia. Um, I mean, he would have been the first uh, tight end last year if he came out as well, but he wasn't eligible. So he was quite young. I mean, like, you see this, the strengths and weaknesses here, like, you know, his post-catch playmaking, his versatility. Um, you see the, uh, the weaknesses, release moves on press man. I mean, that's very nitpicky, I think. I mean, he's pretty much seen as the complete tight end you know he can block well uh he runs crisp routes. i mean he um he's just basically yeah i mean like look some of the stats there i mean uh pff grades what's that 92.1 90 84.1 um this past year well he went for over 700 yards seven touchdowns he's just there like i said the most sort of like complete tight end uh to come out in a while to be honest and you know it'd be criminal if he doesn't go in the top 10 um but then it's it's, it's, it's that thing of the position um positions uh it's not a sexy position tight end is it so people want wide receivers tackles and qbs in the top 10 but he's definitely wouldn't surprise me now if he went top 10 even top five so you, you mentioned obviously the strengths and weaknesses that we've got on the screen um, there. All the strengths and weaknesses for anybody who is watching or anyone who's listening and hears either of the boys talk about a rule taken from NFL Buzz. Um, so obviously this is something that Kev or Shane may agree with or disagree with. And as Kev has already said, you know, that release move on press man for Brock Bowers, probably a little nitpicky, but when the man's got as many strengths as he's got, I'm sure somebody's going to try and find a weakness. Shane, what's your thoughts on Bowers then? Uh, yeah, absolutely love him. Um, I mean, I've got to be honest with you. I have debated what it'd be like taking him at six. 
you know, if if Neighbours is gone and Harrison's gone and the three quarterbacks are gone, for me, I think there's a tougher conversation to have in terms of Bowers against Adunze than people probably think. Um, I reckon a majority of the fan base would absolutely hate taking a quarterback at, at quarterback, sorry, a tight end at number six. But you know, he's such an absolute weapon. Um, like he's he's probably top five talent wise in this draft. So if you can get a top five talent at six overall, would you do it? I mean, you know, I, I get why people probably won't want it, but like he's absolute beast. Like I, I think he's better than um, Carl Pitts when he came out a couple of years ago. Carl Pitts was more of a very athletic kind of weapon. And that's not saying Brock Berries isn't athletic, but I just think Brock Berries is a better all-round tight end. Um, and, you know, maybe if we didn't have the needs that we did, we would be taking him at six. But, yeah, I, I absolutely love Brock Berries. Yeah, I mean, like a lot of people you hear, you will hear him or if you're referred to uh, by Dan Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, and all the people we've talked about as an offensive weapon. It's not just like, you know, uh, not just a tight end, Jimmy. I mean, he is an offensive weapon and he'll make any team better that he goes to. Shane, what about you? Uh, the, the remaining four, anybody you want to highlight there? Yeah, I mean, I, I love Ben Sinnott out of Kansas State. Um, I literally watched tape on him over the weekend and I was like, yeah, this guy's got to make it into my my top five. Um, I think he's someone who's, who's dropping under the radar. And what I will say, outside of Brock Bowers, you know, a lot of these players are going to be day two, day three picks. But I mean, look, you look at Ben Sinott, he had um, 73 targets, 48 receptions. He only had two drops on the season. He had a receiving grade of 81, 35.7% um, contested catch rate, six touchdowns. Um, and, you know, even last year, he still had four touchdowns. The overall grading 2023 was an 81. Um, and I think he's just a, a tight end that he's going to go under the radar. I think there, 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 there's other tight ends that are probably going to go before him. Um, but there's a, there's a few sneaky good players coming out of Kansas State. And we'll be talking about one at some point later on as well. <laughs> Kev, thoughts on Ben Sinnott? He was number four for you as well. Yeah, I mean, he's just one of those players, like proper, like gritty, blue-collared, lunch peel type of type of bloke. I mean, um, his blocking's good. You know, he's a solid, solid catcher. I mean, I think uh, he did have trouble with drops in twenty-two, um, but he, um, I think, it was over eleven percent drop drop rate in twenty-two. But like you, you see his stats here from from and his grading from last season. He's just he's just taken. He's just grown into a really, really good all-round solid tight end. I mean. He's a decent right runner, but he, he's not. He won't. He's not. He won't be fast. He won't be like the athletic Kyle, Kyle Pitts, as uh, Sheen has just said. But he's savvy enough to get himself open and, and make catchers. And um, yeah, you know, I just think he again he'd go come in and be one of those players like a uh, a little bit like a Laporta from last year. Who kind of like maybe don't go first round or, um, but you know he'll just come in and he'll just get catches and he'll just do his job. And there's something to be said for that at the tight end position. So before I ask Shane for, for his his uh, second one here, um, it's just a couple of comments I just thought. Um, Jamie said, how much of a need is tight end? Do we trust Waller or do we move him out to more of a wide receiver? Kev, do you want to answer that one? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, Waller will be interested. I mean, can he stay healthy? Uh, how good is he? I mean, we can get out of this contract this year. Um He's got another year to kind of prove himself. Uh, I think on his day, he can be a, a fantastic weapon. Mm. I think Bellinger, I mean, don't sleep on Bellinger. You know, I think Bellinger could have a really good long career for the Giants. Um, 
So so while so while I do think we need to add to the tight end room, um, I I think these guys are five guys that we've selected here. Um, probably will go before we start to look at that in the draft if, if we don't mm-hmm. um bring anyone in. But uh, like I said, I mean uh, Waller for me, the jury's still a little bit out. I want to see him so stay healthy and and get going this year. And one for you, Shane here. Thoughts on Jaheim Bell? I mean, I'm sitting here with the FSU top on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> little disappointed to see there are none today. Um, however, uh, I get, Shane, you first, Kev, if you want to follow on from Shane once he's finished. But thoughts on on Bell? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't mind Bell. Um, I've got to be honest. He's, he's probably more of a day three pick. And what I'm about to say could be a little bit controversial. I'll be interested to hear Kev's thoughts on it. But if I was to take a Florida State player to play tight end, I'm looking at Johnny Wilson. Johnny Wilson. Yeah, Johnny yes, Wilson. Geezer. I think he's about six foot seven, and he, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna work out as a wide receiver. He's been taken as a wide receiver, but if you put him in as a tight end, he would be an absolute beast. Um, so you know, if I had to choose a tight end, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Johnny Wilson from Florida State and put him in at tight end. Um, I mean, in regards to Jaheim Bell, um. You know, he, he, he's going to be a day three player. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know if we'll address tight end in the draft. Like, I, I, we, we, we've addressed tight end in the last two years. We've drafted one and then we've traded for one. Hmm. So I don't know if we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get free. I mean, I wouldn't hate the Jaheim Bell pick, but it would have to be a day three pick. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing with Jaheim Bell is he's that awkward shape, isn't he? I mean, he's, what, 244 pounds, but he's only six foot two. And like not many tight ends. Like, I mean, could he come in and be more of a H back, sort of like a full backy H back type player? I mean, he's got such reliable hands. He's a really, really good catcher of the ball. Um, but just to jump on what Sheen said, I mean, like, yeah, uh, Johnny Wilson, I mean, he's what, six, 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 seven, two, thirty-seven. could he add a few pounds onto his frame and, and and learn to do a bit of blocking? Could he turn into something like a um, a Darren Waller who was in his prime type type move? Might that be on the cards for him? Um, but I mean, I wouldn't. I have Bell probably, yeah, late the uh, fifth, sixth round pick, maybe something like that. Maybe take a flyer on him. But um, it would be interesting to see if we actually draft the tight end at all, or to be good at free agency. Plus, I do like the idea of going to MetLife next year and chanting "Go, Johnny, go, go." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right then, Shane, uh, your second player that you want to highlight out of these. Um. Probably a player who's, who's slowly creeping up draft boards, and I'd go with Cade Stover out of Ohio State. Um, you know, he, he again, he's probably going to be a kind of day two pick, probably more in the third round. He could sneak into the second. That depends how teams are, are, are valuing these tight ends. Um, but, you know, in regards to Cade Stover, um, he's, you know, 51 targets for um, 41 receptions this past year with five touchdowns. He had a receiving grade of 79.4 and he had a contested catch rate of 60%, which is, you know, pretty high. Uh, he's not bad in the in the run game either. He, he put up a block in um, a 54.4 on the season and got an overall grade of 75.6. And even last year, he had a pretty good season. Uh, targeted 49 times for 36 catches and 406 yards and five touchdowns. So, you know, he knows where... The um, he knows where the end zone is, and if there's one thing that we've struggled with over the last few years, and one of the reasons why we brought Darren Waller in to begin with was you know a tight end that knows where the, the end zone is. Um, so you know, I think Kate Stover will slowly start creeping up draft boards, and 
I think he could potentially be in conversation for that tight end two position, to be honest. Kev? Yeah, I like Kid Silver. He's really, really grown on me. I kind of like wanted to go to watch him and not expecting much. Like, I, again, I just thought, all right, he's just going to be one of these middle tier tight ends, you know, blocker can catch a bit but he, he really shown to me like and he's also quite new to the position because i think he was actually came into ohio state as a defensive end and then switched to tight end um so he still he still got uh, room to grow and sort of learn the position i mean but he's what six foot four 251 pounds um i think yeah i i, I really really like him i think he, he's come on leaps and bounds and uh, i think he could, he could be one of those players is is even better in the nfl than he was at college Right, so that is the tight end rankings. Did Just either of you want to? Yeah, did, I was going to say, did either of you want to add anything before we moved on? Yeah, because obviously tight ends, Kev's position. So there's one player I want to speak to Kev about. Dalian Hooker, not your top, not in your top five. How, how close was he to making your top five? Because he, he was hard for me to not put in. To be honest with you. Yeah, I I've got him around the six seven position. I haven't finalised my top ten yet, um, but. Uh, Again, yeah, I mean, he went to the Shrine Bowl. I don't know how much he did at the Shrine Bowl because I, I didn't get to see any of the practices from the Shrine Bowl. I saw, saw the practices from the Senior Bowl, but I didn't get to see anything from the Shrine Bowl. Um, I mean, what did he play? 13 games last year, was second team all Big Ten, was he? Uh, I, I want to do a little bit more on him, to be honest, but uh, he, he, I think he'll still stick to that sort of like between uh, six and ten for me, but I think he'll come in around six or seven. Yeah, I mean, he, he led he led all tight ends in yards this past year with 766. The next nearest was Brock Berry's with 717. Um, but yeah, he he was one. I was like, I was, it was torn between probably kind of him and Theo Johnson as to who was going to make that tight end five. But he's probably a player who maybe a little bit harsh. He's missed out of mine and Kev's top five that might be just a, a, a name on the board for people to remember. Yeah, I just, I, I think with him as well, like, I mean, he... He's not a great blocker, you see. He's more of a big slot than a true traditional tight end. Um, and so, like, players like that, I'm, I'm, I don't know, I'm more of a traditionalist. I, I like my tight ends to, to to be more of the Bellinger mode than the Waller mode, to be honest. So, um, just as a, as a quick caveat from this, I don't know if you boys will look at your top fives again as we sort of move through the process, but um, are you both potentially open to keep it to keeping us updated with any moves and shakes that go on with the top fives if we've covered them because obviously we are doing this one ahead of the combine and things might change yeah i mean for me my top fives will pre pretty much be a lock as to what they are now unless something drastically goes wrong like if kate starver goes and runs a 5.7640 i know the 40 <laughs> doesn't mean anything but yeah. straight like okay there's there's issues there why is he not running that is he is he injured um, as you're not trained properly for the combine, not saying he's gonna do that, I don't expect him to, but you know, the, the, the one thing that I'd absolutely love to, to get in on, and I'm sure we will, would is like seeing some of these interviews and that because that, that's what would change my top five if I could mm. listen to some of these interviews just, and see what players say. Just a quick one, Shane, were you always in on Theo Johnson at a Penn State because I know you, you, you follow Penn State yourself because he was a late one for me. Um, I kind of like I, I didn't really have him on my radar, and then people. We're talking about him at the senior bowl. They had a really, really good senior bowl. And he's lightning fast. He's such a mismatch at what, six, six, two, five, seven. Um, yeah, he's he's wanted to shut up for me a little bit. Yeah, he was always kind of in, in that bubble for me. Um 
I think he's someone who's probably gone under the radar quite a lot, to be honest. Um, he kind of reminds me a little bit of I'm just trying to find his name because he went last year. What was his name? Uh, Brenton Strange. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Brenton Strange went a lot earlier than people thought. Um, just looking there, he was pensive as well, was he? Yeah, yeah. So Brenton Strange was the fifth tight end drafted last year. So I'm not saying he's a similar player to Brenton Strange, but the comparison I'm making is that I think Theo Johnson could be a Brenton Strange where mm. he's going to rise up boards and he could get took earlier than what a lot of people anticipate. So before we kind of move on to getting mm. into the uh, the trenches, um, projection for three of the top five. So all the projections that we use on all of our graphics that we're showing on screen have come from Kev um, from Kev's rankings. Um, Three of the top five, Kev, there, you've said a third round picks. Now, is that because the drop off from Sanders to Stover, Sinner, and Johnson is that quite a big drop off? Or is it just kind of a best player available and other positions are stronger this year? Uh, Kev, um, I'll go to you first. Yeah, I, well, I think it's very much a mix, mix of both. I think. I think you have Brock Bowers, then everyone else type, type of scenario. Um, I think Sanders will be will, people. Someone will take a punt on Sanders in a second, just for the pure athleticism. Uh, he's, he's a bit of an athletic freak, to be honest. And I think someone will really, really um, like that and go for that. And, and like I said, the rest of them are just kind of traditional inline, um, you know, blocking, catching tight ends. But there's no real sort of sexiness this year. And this draft is very, very deep at places like wide receiver, offensive tackle, and interior. Um, uh, edge as well, uh, cornerbacks, in my opinion, I, I think it's very, very deep in these type of positions. And uh, with that being said, it kind of pushes these tight ends down. Do you agree with that, Shane? That that from Sanders to Stover and the others, that it is kind of for you know, first, second, and then the third round. Yeah, I mean, in, in all honesty, I'd, I'd say most people, it's kind of like Brock Bowers one, picky next favourite four more than anything else. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, Tavian Sanders reminds me a little bit of the um, the tight end that the Colts took a couple of years ago. I can't remember his name. Like, he's really athletic. He's an absolute monster. Um, I can't remember Ebron. his name. Oh, sorry. Ebron. Nah, nah. He, oh, he's a Delaney Woods. Delaney Woods, yeah. Like, I'm not... He's not... In comparison, but he's probably like the closest to a Jelani Woods in, in yeah, this call. Um, cool. So, you, you know, I think that that's why Jatavian Sanders will probably go early because of that athleticism that Kev mentioned. But, yeah, you know, I think it's Paul after Brock Bowers, plus you throw in, you know, your, your other positions. Like, I mean, old line's not weak this year. Um, and, you know, you're going to get other positions that will drop off. So, for me, I think most people, it's going to be Brock Bowers and then just pick four out of an at if you really want to. Cool. So, that's one of the weapon groups done, uh, and the rest of those will follow next week. But now we're going to get into the dirty side of offence, um, in both senses for Shane, because it's a dirty word for Shane. Um and that is the trenches. Offensive tackles are up first, and we have a bit of disparity in the ranks. So, oh, Kev, what have you done? Kev, <laughs> what have I done? What have you done? Kev, you're going to go first. So here is Kev's. So I've gone for mine um, five to one. I've gone for Marius Mims from Georgia at five. At four, I've gone for JC Latham out of Alabama. Number three, I've gone for Talisi Fuaga out of Oregon State. 
number two, I've gone for Olu Fashionu from Penn State. And number one, I've gone for left tackle Joe Alt out of Notre Dame. Of course he has. <laughs> so, so on that, Shane, yours is very similar. Yeah. But as alluded to, the top two are flipped. <laughs> is uh, is this a little bit of um? They could oh, yes. be one. They could be one and two. You're both just being homers, or is there a bit more to this than that? So, <clears throat> excuse me. Part of it probably is that there's a little bit of homerness there. Let's be honest. <clears throat> you're always going to look out for your boys. Let, you know that's just what you do. Um, but for me though, the reason I went for Olu at number one is just because I think he's a lot more athletic than what. Joe Walt is. Now, I will turn around and say, Olu and Joe, it's literally 1A, 1B. It is literally like, pick your poison, pick who you prefer. And for me, it's just that athleticism that Olu offers more, along with the fact that I firmly believe Olu would have been the first offensive tackle taken last year. He had issues against Ohio State this year that I've mentioned, but, you know, it wasn't enough to let me go, oh, no, nah, he's not he's falling out my top five or anything like that. You know, players have bad games. Players need bad games. That's how players develop. You don't develop by having a great game every single week or every 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 perfect snap. Nobody's perfect in life. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's good that players do have bad games. So, you know, yeah, I'm not going to BS you. There is part of it. There is some bias in there. But like I say, the, 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 the other reason is just that athleticism that Olu offers. Kev, you've, you've obviously got it flipped, so give us the, the Joe Alt pitch. I was going to get you two to do a little pitch against each other, but um, it sounds like you're both kind of on the, the same spread of 1A, 1B. So, Kev, yeah. why, why why is Alt just that little bit higher? Is it is it the ND? It's it's purely because he's the better player. Like, that is it. <laughs> <There's> not... <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it very much is a case of, like, yeah, your flavor. What, 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 what do you like? What do you not like? You know, in in your tackles. I mean, any one of them is absolutely fantastic and would start for any near enough any team team in the league. I mean, like Joe Alt, like he's another one of those players. He's so young as well. Like he's a true junior, and he came into Notre Dame as a tight end and developed as a left tackle and started in his uh, his freshman season. He's six eight, three hundred twenty two pounds. Like I said, he's, he'd be 21 when the season starts. He's like so young. And um, he's he, with the 68 frame, he's very good. Like he's, he's not as sort of like athletic as Olu, um, but he's just, he moves his feet so well that and he's such a big frame. It's just so hard to get around him. And he uses his hands so, so well. Um, and, you know, he's, he comes from, from strong stock as well. I mean, like his dad was John Alt, who played for what, the Kansas City Chiefs. He was a first-round pick in the 84 draft. Uh, was his second team All-Pro, two Pro Bowls, played for the Kansas City Chiefs, you know. So he's got, the, obviously, the pedigree there as well. Um, mm. But he's just one of those players, like, he's just so smart, comes in, does his job. Uh, he's got massive frame. His feet are so good. Um, again, like, uh, fashion, like, Joe Alt's probably more of the uh, flair-type tackle, whereas... Fashionu will just absolutely batter you silly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, I mean, again, it's one of those things where, like, you know, um, you could e had take either one away from this draft and know you've got your uh, left tackle for the next 10, 15 years in this league. All right, so let's um, let's have a look at the other three that, that are there and we'll kind of go 
Kev, Shane, Kev here. So we'll just go down. So uh, Fuaga, Kev, give us um, give us an idea of what he's about and why he's just behind the other two. He's uh, just behind the other two because he's no one near the sort of the technical savvy of the other two. I mean, uh, his 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 feet his feet need some work. You know, he can he can get beat around the um, around the edge by the quicker quicker uh, pass rushers. Um, but he's very much like he's a, he's a, a right tackle as well, and he's in the run game. He is an absolute like he will finish you. He's like a proper uh, proper beast in the run game. I mean, uh, could you? Plug and play him at right, at right tackle and move forward. Absolutely. I mean, he he. And I, I think he's been mocked to us a couple of times actually. And people have sort of said, you know, they could see him fitting in at right tackle maybe better than someone like a, a fashion new or Joe Alto, predominantly um, um, left tackles. Shane, your thoughts on Fuaga? Sorry, I was just taking myself off mute. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do like Puaga, I mean, I think I said it, it might have been last week that I said it, that, you know, if you're drafting a player to play right tackle, I'm probably going to take Fawaga over for Shanu and Alt, just because I want a player who has played the right tackle position. Um, and, you know, he's an absolute monster in, in the in the, uh, in the the run game. And, you know, I think if you, if you want to break positions down even more from offensive line to offensive tackle, if you want to break him down to left tackles and right tackles, for me, Fawaga is RT1 in this draft. Cool, yeah, and I then completely sorry, agree on, with Kev. that. By the way, so no, I was just going to say, yeah, I completely agree with that. So Shane up next on the list, JC Latham. Uh, what have you got on uh, an Alabama offensive tackle? Yeah, I'm not drafting him <laughs> <laughs> ever again. That, that one, that ship sailed. Um, no, JC Latham, he is a good tackle. Um, he's going to be first rounder as well. Um, you know, he allowed. Two sacks, three hits, nine hurries this year. Um, he's probably a little bit better in the pass blocking game than he is in in the run game, which not ideal for for a right tackle. Um, but you know, I, I do like him. I mean, this was hard for me between Latham at four and Mims at four. I don't know what Kev's thoughts. I'm he'll jump in in a second and tell you, but you know, it, it was kind of hard between Latham and Mims. Um, the only reason Mims didn't make offensive tackle for was just because he missed a lot of time last year through to injury. Um, but again, you talk about athleticism, Mims would be the better player. But yeah, I'm, I'm not drafting a banner offensive tackle anyway. <laughs> Kev, do you echo those, those comments? <laughs> yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, uh, JC Latham is a solid player. You know, he'll come in and, and again, he'll do a job. Uh, very, very smart player. Um, you know, he played well last year and Amarius Mims, just to <clears throat> go on uh, go on about him, exactly what Shane just said with Marius Mims. I think he's only played eight games of college football. Like, he's a true junior coming out. And he like his snaps last year was, what, 168 snaps in the whole of last year because he went out injured in October, I think it was. But if you want like, a project, this this is the guy here. I mean, you know, he's got big, strong arms on him. Um you know he's a little bit raw, so he will get beat with the counter moves, like uh, like you put here on the uh, on the weaknesses. And he's a little bit over aggressive sometimes, and that shows his impatience. But I think if you want a real um, like a project right tackle, I mean, if he if he happens to fall to us in the in the second round, I mean, I, I'd have no problem taking him there. Um, and like again, just like so, these the first two uh, tackles are left tackles, and then Fawaga, Latham, and Mims would be all right tackles. Um, 
But he's huge as well. Six foot seven, three hundred and forty pounds. He'll be twenty one when the season starts. <clears throat> Definitely someone who like I think could be a real like good project, and you, you would see good football out of him quicker than you might think. So if we go back to that top five list, uh, anything before I ask my question, anything you boys want to add, ask each other, any players that just missed out you feel like need uh, highlighting? No, I mean, there's a couple of other players you could argue, maybe a a Jordan Morgan or a Tyler Goldson could have maybe squeezed in there. Uh, But, you know, look, I, I think for me, Mims is probably the only player that can challenge for Shanu this year for... The athleticism ability, like he, like he, he, if I don't know what his fitness status is, but if he performs at the combine, he could put up some scary numbers. Amarius means could, um, like I say, if he was fit, he would, he would understand to be number four. He might have challenged for number three, but just missed out due to the, the rawness that Kev mentions. Yeah, I just want to give another shout as well to Jordan Morgan. Um, you just mentioned him out of uh, Arizona. I think he'd be a fantastic pickup in the second round for the Giants because I think he could play uh, tackle or guard. It gives us sort of that, that, that flexibility. And the more I watch him, the more I, I, I like him. So, Kev, I'm going to ask you the question first and then, Shane, feel free to jump in afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, you've projected all five of these going in the top 20 picks or you know, first round at least, should we say. Is that just due to how important the tackle position really has come in the NFL, especially if you look at the poor play across the board for a lot of teams last season? Yeah, definitely. I mean, tackle is one of those premier positions now that people are looking to draft as opposed to sign in free agency. Uh, I think you'll see more of like guards go in free agency because you can pick them up at more of a reasonable price. But it's so hard to get a good starting left tackle in this league, as we know, um, that, you know... Um, if if any of them are deemed first round, they will get pushed off the board a little bit more. But I do believe as well, like these five guys do have a um, uh, are worthy to be talked about in the first round. Shane, yeah, a little bit of both. I think for me, it's the fact that the offensive tackle and the offensive line position in general has become that important in the NFL in these days. But also, the, these are these for me. These are the top five tackles and then there's a little bit of a drop-off not a massive drop-off but there is, there is a drop-off you know you've probably got the two best tackles to come out maybe since Panay Sewell potentially which is like 2021 I think so you know the, not not knocking the tackles that have been taken before but you know they they were this but the, this class kind of reminds me of the Andrew Thomas class where you had Andrew Thomas Tristan Wirfs um Jonah Williams, I think it was, and there was a couple more. I think there was there might have been five offensive tackles took in like the top twelve, top fifteen picks. That wouldn't surprise me if that happened this year. When you look at who's picking, I mean, like you know, there's been rumours about the Charger could go all line, we could go all line, Tennessee could go all line, Jets are expected to go all line. So you know, you could see these players fly off the board easily in the top twelve, top fifteen picks. Right, and then finally, we're going to get into those interior guys and there's a little bit more change in this one uh this is probably the most different between the two of you that we've had all evening so in the past kev has split into guard and center but we're for the purpose of comparing we're we're combining the lists just to see kind of 
how different it would be. And lo and behold, we've had that. So, Shane, if you do your top fives and then Kev, I'll bring yours up straight away afterwards and you just crack through and then we'll have a have a little little chat about them. So, Shane, you are up first. That is your top five. Yeah, so at number five, out of, uh, I mentioned there's a Kansas State player coming up and that's uh, Cooper. Beep, beep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, at number four, you got Christian Haynes out of UConn. Uh, three, Jackson Powers Johnson from Oregon. Two, Graham Barton out of Duke. And number one, Troy Fatanu out of Washington. And here is Kev's. Shane, your first look at Kev's top five. Yep. So I've gone for uh, number five, Zach Fraser out of West Virginia. Uh, Number four, Christian Hayes out of UConn. Number three, Graham Barton from Duke. Number two, Troy Fatanu from Washington. And number one, Jackson Powers Johnson from Oregon. So a little bit of difference there. I mean, the top three is interchangeable. Um, as you, as None of them are the same, but they're the same three players, but all in different positions. Uh, Christian Haynes at number four, you've both agreed with, and then it's the first disparity in the fact of two different players in the list. So, um, Shane, do you want to start off with? Um, I almost called him. I was gonna, I was gonna go for some kind of car reference, and the only one that came in my head is Brum, and I think that shows how old I am. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, do you want to go with Cooper BB? What's Brum? <laughs> Well, I tell you what, it's it's it's, it's not no, it's, it's not a dialect from where you're from. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, yeah, Cooper Baby, I absolutely love. Um, he's kind of like a little bit of a rap crush, maybe. Um, I think I think he's an absolute in the O line. Yeah, the O line. I've watched tape on Cooper Baby, and I just think we need to take him with one of our second-round picks. I don't care which second-round pick it is, but he he can be a difference maker on that offensive line. Um, he's, he's great in the run game. He's a mauler. Uh, he's constantly looking for blocks to make. Um, and, you know, I, for me, he was instant in, in my top five. I, I even debated having him at number four. Um, played left guard last year and this year. I gave up two sacks over both seasons. Gave up nine hurries over both seasons. Um, 79.9 run block this year and 90.4 pass block grade this year as well with an overall grade of 83.9 um, yeah absolutely love love this guy so we might as well flip over to you Kev Zach Frazier He's, he was your your difference pick compared to Kev uh, compared to Shane sorry um what have you got about Zach Frazier? And then after that, if you want to carry on to as to where Cooper Beebe might be in your list. Yeah, so like Zach Frazier, he's one of those guys that, you know, you kind of like, you root for the story as well as the player. Like, don't get me wrong, he is a very, very good player. Uh, was it 2022, he started all 12 games. His first team all Big 12. Last year, he started 12 games at centre. but um, And he was second team All-American. And like, late in the year, he suffered a really serious uh, leg injury against Baylor, and he bear crawled himself off the field, uh, to, 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 so he wouldn't have to be given away a timeout or a penalty uh, for his team and stuff. I mean, so the leg injury will be something to monitor and see see how he comes back for that. Um, but he's just uh, uh, an old like, just a old fashioned sort of centre, bit of a mauler, bit of a head case. 
you know, uh, you would hear the weaknesses. He drops his head um, sometimes after snapping the ball. But, um, you know, he needs to clean up stuff like that. But, you know, he's got good pass protection, good running, good run in the run blocking. Um, not sexy, but just someone, again, to come in and, and, and just play. And I think he's definitely got starting potential. Maybe not center for us. Uh, he might have to move to guard. And the conversations in the 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 um, combine will be massive. First of all, about the injury, and then about you know, um, is he okay to move to guard? And what what about Cooper BB? Did you not have him? How far down is he on your list? I have him at number seven. I have Christian Mahogany. Uh, at right, six, no. and then uh, Cooper Bivy at seven. Great mahogany above, just because of the name, right? Oh, 100 percent. Shane, <laughs> where's where's Zach Fraser on your on your board? Uh, he was at six for me. Okay, so so any, so, any, yeah. any, any, any and and that's and that's the thing that we do tend to see when you guys do disagree with each other. I'm not <clears> saying disagree, but you know, have different rankings. Is that it's always another player that's close. It's always somebody who's near, so yeah. it's never you know we're never a million miles away from from each other. Um, Shane, of the other four, take your pick. Anybody you want to highlight um, there? I'm probably going to cheat a little bit and jump to number one with Troy Patano. Um, he played tackle at Washington, um, and that's all he has played. But due to his size and, and arm length, you know he's probably going to be better off kicking inside. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, you know he, he gave up two sacks this year. Three hits, eighteen hurries. <clears throat> Excuse me. He was better in the pass blocking game than he, than he was the run blocking game. Um, but you know, he, he he came up against some good talent. Obviously, he got all the way to the, the the college final. So you know, Michigan have got good players, and and he came up against good players with uh, with Texas as well. Um, so he's then as a, a tackle. If you look at where he played for Washington, he was their starting left tackle. But I think when you look at his size, his arm length, he's going to be much much better at guard and that's why he's at number one for me because I think when he does kick in he's going to be better than anyone else that can play interior Kev who do you want to highlight out of Barton Powers Johnson and Hayes I'm going to go Jackson Powers Johnson I just think like he is an outstanding player like you know you've got the strengths here the explosive the stand strong hands and shoulders I mean one of the things I love about him is when he snaps the ball like He'll chip the the D tackle and then go straight on to the next block. He's almost taking two people out of the out of the play straight away. I mean, he uh, he's just yeah that again that old school sort of like you know mentality of just absolutely just get down in the uh, trenches and just going for it. I mean, um, I can't really you know I haven't really got that much to say that's wrong in his game. Um, I just love watching him because he, he looks for he looks for work. Like you see his head in a swivel as well. There's no one near him. He's just going around to trying to lay people out. I mean, his PFF grades here look like seventy point one twenty one, eighty four point one and twenty two, and eighty four point three. Um, he's by far like the best center in this draft. Um, I do kind of agree with Fatano moving inside will be a, an excellent guard. Um, but I just think. JPJ just you know he's by far the top center in this and he he's again plug and play um and uh, yeah he's he's just a great 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 player to watch. So a couple of I get the joys of of putting together all of these graphics. A couple of things that I noticed. Uh, number one, Zach Frazier has been absolutely done in by his picture because his head looks about 
<laughs> like a child. <laughs> and and Graham Barton is how old is Graham Barton? Because he, he looks like that. He's a 30-year-old. He's a thirty-year-old insurance salesman. I'm not having he's tw- it. He's twenty-two. Yeah, but he played tackle as well, didn't he, Graham Barton? Yeah, he's another one who I've got projecting to kick in- inside. So, um, Holtis just said, uh, talking giant scores were saying that um, Jackson Powers Johnson was an absolute monster at the Senior Bowl. Um, oh, he was. He won every rep pretty much. Yeah, he, yeah. He, excuse me. He's one of them players who massively saw his stock rise. Yeah. He was already kind of. I think he was on the bubble of that first round pre-senior ball, and I think the senior ballers solidified him in, into being the first round. Graham Barton looks like a PE teacher as, a, as in another one on there. Um, anything else any of you boys wanted to add on Barton or on Christian Hayes? Haynes? No, not for me. So, I mean, Barton, he, he, again, he's another one. He played um, left tackle for the last two years. Um, and, you know, I think... Christian Christian Haynes is probably going to be the best right guard in this draft. Um, he's going to be more suited to be right guard than left guard. But and I think with Jackson Powers Johnson, I think he's got versatility. Um, he can play centre or he can play guard. And I believe he was taking a lot of snaps at guard during the senior bowl as well. So you know he's got that versatility available to him, which will appeal to teams. But did see Haynes. Um, I think it was Haynes who took center snaps, and he didn't look comfortable taking center snaps at all in the in the in the senior bowl. But he's pretty much yeah, career right guard, um, Christian Haynes, and he's what six two, three eighteen. Again, one of those players that draft him in what the second round and plug and play right guard for his entire entirety of his career. So you've just mentioned there, Kev. Chris, Christian Haynes uh, played multi, uh, is the only player in. You're both of your top fives that only played one position throughout college. Every other player had snaps at another position. And when you look at the offensive line guys, the majority of them will either have played left and right tackle or a bit of guard or a bit of guard in centre. Like, Does that make it harder to predict where these players are going to go in the draft because different teams may have them as different fits, Shane? I mean, potentially. I mean, you look at someone like Troy Fatano, and he's, he's played left tackle. That's not saying he's going to get drafted and can't play left tackle. Mm-hmm. All he means he's got that versatility. So it could mean that he ends up getting drafted a little bit higher over, say, a Jackson Powers Johnson. Because let's say a team, a team needs a guard, but they want someone that can cover the tackle position. Then Jackson Powers Johnson is not going to be your guy. Whereas a Troy Fatano or Graham Barton will be your guy. Um, so I think you know it, it's beneficial if players have. Well, say I want to say it's beneficial if players have played multiple positions, but the Evan Neal just throws that out because he played. <laughs> Evan, we've been burned by Evan Neal, haven't we? Yeah, literally. I, I, I get to say something. I think Evan Neal, and I'm like, yeah, he's just blown up my logic. So, I think um, Jackson Powers Johnson is is a, is a centre as well, but he was actually asked by the Giants at the Senior Bowl. He met with the Giants, and and they asked him, could he play guard or would he be willing to play guard. That's exactly what Holtis just said. You know, I believe it was a new Giants coach who asked JPJ to take snaps at guard. They asked him if he'd be comfortable interviewing him. Um, JMS and JPJ on the same same line. <laughs> bit bit wordy, is it? Bit wordy, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> um, well, there we have it. 
the first chunk of players ranked and reviewed. Um, here's a question for you both. So earlier we had a conversation about the Giants trading up. They give up their two second round picks. So we draft up to three. We take a quarterback. Let's say it's going to be a quarterback. Out of all of the players we've spoken about this evening, which player would you take with round th- with that round three pick, Shane? Um, I don't know. It's a tough one because I think the, all, all the offensive line we've mentioned, I don't think it'd be there in round three, and that's where I'd want to be taking an offensive lineman like that. Ideally, round two, round three. Um, so it's it's kind of a tough one to answer, really, because I, I wouldn't want to take a tight end. I don't think tight ends that much of a pressing need to take a third, second round three. I'd be eyeing up an offensive lineman, um, and obviously, ideally, someone who's play who can play guard. Kev? Yeah, I mean, for for um, the players that we've talked about, I mean, the ones that jump out to me straight away, Christian Hayes and Cooper Beebe as that sort of third round. If any of them's in the third round, I mean, that's an absolute no-brainer. Run it up there and plug and play um, right guard for me. I think, like, the tackles will go high. Uh, the tight ends will go late. But I think that uh, sweet spot, like, end this round two, beginning of round three, for, for, for a very good starting guard, I think it's a sweet spot. I will say as well, I am a little bit put off by Christian Ains because he went to UConn. <laughs> I'm getting Matt Pert vibes. I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So there we have it. Uh, Shane gets burnt by previous giants going to certain schools yeah. to yeah. add on to his bias at positions and schools. Um, so sh- is, I mean, it's amazing you have top fives at all. <laughs> yeah. Burnt so much, I know. To, to, yeah, but to be fair, it's it's all indoctrination from the Giants. So there we go. And let's just hope that there's no uh, Duke quarterback coming out anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! <laughs> yes, Kim, I am looking at your new quarterback who's transferred. I know exactly <laughs> where you're going with that, sir. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, that is all the time we have this week. However, as we said earlier in the show, we will be back for a little bonus on Friday covering Combine Rumours, Joe Shane's presser, and then, as mentioned, Kev and I will try and do our best to fix the Giants. Now, I'm not being funny. We don't have good uh, previous after last year's mock drafts, but we will try our damnedest to do so. Uh, Anything you want to add before we disappear, boys? No, it's just been really, really good um, enjoying getting into these top fives. Thank you to the listeners that have got involved as well. And, you know, looking forward to getting more into top fives, more into prospects, more into mock drafts. Yeah, definitely. Just to echo that, um, this is uh, our meat potatoes, like, of, the, of, of draft season, sort of like top fives, looking at players who could come in and help the Giants uh, move forward. And I love the interaction as well, the people's comments and stuff like that. It makes it a, a lot more enjoyable for us doing this uh, when we have that interaction. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you, everyone, for your comments. Obviously, if you're watching this back on replay, uh, because we do get a lot of people who watch it after we have already finished for the evening, or if you're listening to this on Spotify, please just drop us a message on X or in the comments on the YouTube video. Just let us know your thoughts. Uh, is there anything you think we could do better? Anything that you'd like to ask any of the boys? I can pick up on any questions and throw them to the guys over the coming weeks. There will be plenty of opportunities. Or if they did top fives. 
ping them out to us. Yeah, absolutely. I'm more than happy to bring up some top fives on on the podcasts um, or the live shows. We can we can get those going. As always, remember to like this video and subscribe to us on YouTube. You can also hit the bell to be notified of when we go live, especially on times like Friday, where it's a bit of a bonus episode. Uh, if you aren't already, just follow us on the socials at the bottom. My thanks, as ever, go to Shane and to Kev for joining me. All of you watching or listening, we are signing off. Until next time, let's go Giants.